Hello and welcome to a well overdue episode of Casting Views, um, a podcast where me and Dan, introduce yourself. Me, I'm Dan, hi. <laughs> Talk about things that kind of interest us and, and well, cast some views on it. We've had a little bit of a break, probably noticeable. I don't. Is it noticeable in the schedule? Yes and no. Yes in that we didn't record a new episode, but know that we put out a previous one, a co- collab we did with the, the Cultworthy. Yeah, so I, f- I feel like I've broken the fourth wall now with like yeah, the listeners. Yeah. You gotta go with it. Just stay with it. <laughs> yeah, I've just style got it out. Now. Style it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> today we have a very, very, very special episode, and we were gonna think about hinting it and teasing it, but I feel like I'm gonna get straight into it because today we have a very special guest. He's an Arizona-based, bona fide international recording artist who you may know from such songs as Bad Things, Hurricane, and the all-new recently released single, Right Back Again, it's Sean Louis. Hey, 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 what's up, guys? Amazing to have you with us. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I feel like this is potentially um, a way for me and Dan to also plug ourselves, because me and Dan have always been fond of our own singing voices <laughs> so i feel like if we're collabing on the podcast in this way at some point there will have to be a track that comes out with all three of us on it together <laughs> we should make a tiktok dance yeah well there, yeah there you go we we we, we underutilize tiktok so there we go <laughs> <laughs> we could create like a viral tiktok sensation as well maybe one song of those songs that everybody's doing dance for i feel like we don't want to do that i'm, I'm <laughs> probably less of a dancer though i'm just it's putting so it out funny. there now <laughs> having listened to some of the songs um number one that i mentioned in the um intro for you i know that you've got a really cool sound about you and i just want to say hurricane to me hit a real chord with me because it threw me back to like an 80s vibe. I had Grand Theft Auto Vice City in my mind. It just gave me such good like summer. You're kind of <laughs> in a park chilling with your friends and that's the soundtrack that you get in the background. That was kind that's of the so immediate funny. thought. <laughs> I so how'd you hear that song? I, I thought we took that song down. How'd you, how'd yeah, you no, hear I think it? I listened to that one on YouTube. Oh, YouTube! <laughs> Forgot to take that one down. Um, yeah, it's it's a song from my old album, and I actually took the album down because it, it is it it's good. That's a good album, but it doesn't sound like what I sound like now, you know. So I took it down. But you're like the literally the the sixteenth person that mentioned that song. I was in Mexico, <laughs> and I was in Mexico, and some kid was like, "I love that song, Hurricane." I can't believe you took it down. Like I found it on I found it on YouTube, and I was like, "Oh yeah," and I guess I just forgot and he took it down. <laughs> Uh, but um, yeah, it's a cool song, man. Uh, yeah, I, I love the vibes of those eighties, those eighties vibes. The producer Robbie did a really good job on it. Yeah, I'm really proud of it. But I've also sort of on a couple of notes I've made, and 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 I think I may have mentioned sort of Lou and I generally come to an episode knowing what we're going to discuss, but without preparing each other. And it's amazing how similar sometimes we we, <laughs> we have things written down. I I've written down as well that. Your sound is well. It's there, there is a mix of mix of sounds, but I was listening to Outer Space, uh, which I think was a great track, and <laughs> that's got quite a, a funky eighties. I, I want to say retro, but I don't mean that. You know, a lot of people could think of retro, you know, in in a bad way. But I think it's got a real real nice sound to it, and and I think what Lou was saying to a lot of your tracks, there's um there's a feel like you could put it on, you could be with a group of friends or on your own somewhere you can stick it on and it's it's applicable to kind of any any kind of environment like that cool cool oh wow yeah thank you yeah the sound is just immaculate in my mind I guess kind of in terms of a little bit about you um and kind of your start into music and that sort of thing um what were the kind of influences that brought you into music uh, I feel like my journey is very typical where like for someone in the music industry it's like your family was doing music or you're brought up in church and that was like part of my like my main story you know uh family was very musical my uh, grandmother um used to uh, sing with the platters and like temptations and like they used to come over my grandmother's house all the time and party and my mom would tell stories of how temptations and platters would come over and stuff um and then uh then yeah then just going into like a church environment performing um playing constantly you, you kind of get the itch um, and you're like, man, I think I can do this, like, for real. And, like, actually, you know, 
put my own music out. So uh, from there, yeah, I just started joining bands. Um, I was in a touring band for a little bit called Signals. Um, and then um, right after the band broke up, I left and I went to uh, Berlin to record the song Tell Me. And that's what kind of started everything. Or well, I had I had that song "Wasted," which is on there, uh-huh. uh, but I feel like "Tell Me" was the was the real like push. Like, oh hey, it's actually like this can actually really work, you know. And you mentioned sort of that your mother was in in kind of like in and around music. So yeah. did you feel a pressure to to follow in that, or 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 was it actually easier? Did you feel it was kind of a, a nice helping hand there to to help you along in it, or, or did you feel there was a little bit of pressure? Um, I think, it, I think once you make it, we made a decision to do music, cause like, you know, like all kids, at least like in, in the States, like either you do sports, you do something artistic. And so, so after we would choose to do music, there was pressure because now like you can't, you can't just like, excuse my language, but you can't just like half-ass it. Right. You got to like really practice and like get really better. So that, and to live up to my, you know, live up to those standards of where, my grandma that's been, you know, like her ceiling, um, into into want, wanting to be that your found wanting to be that uh, your my foundation. A little bit of pressure for sure, but you know, I I've, I got away from that because I'm older now. I don't live at home, so um, I don't have to have that so much pressure. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, there there was for sure some pressure. And so as well, do you know going growing up because you you mentioned kind of like a church environment with the music as well. Do you feel like that's kind of had uh. And a big note in terms of the sound that you produce now and is that kind of the biggest inspiration that you had when you were getting into music just because you were around it in that capacity oh for sure there's a quote from a um an, art, an, uh, an artist named fred hammond he's a big gospel like gospel church um, and he talked about the correlation between church music and like 90s r&b music and so in and so because i was in a church environment um very strict one uh, i wasn't allowed to listen to secular music so i had to rely on like fred on like the church like fred hammond the great gospel r&b type stuff um it really did shape my sound it, sh- it shaped how i listened to music it definitely shaped on the one of the first instruments i, I uh, really got involved in music theory uh, musical theory with which is like bass playing um and because fred hammond is a really good bass player so all of his bass bass uh um lines are just like unreal man they just sit in that pocket and they feel so good you know um so yeah for sure it has and you, and you can hear it you can hear it in in um you know in like a lot of like the straight r&b stuff um so all my love is yours to even to like hurricane you can you can hear there's something different um you know regarding and that has the a you know um that gospel feel to it so for sure it impacted my life and my musical you know um what i like and put in my music uh, very much I feel like we kind of miss out on that in the UK as well somehow. I feel really? like that sound yeah, it doesn't exist because I feel like that environment of church and music being so much a part of it doesn't really exist in the same capacity here as it does in the states to be fair. I oh, feel whoa. like yeah, it's kind of something we kind of miss out on because we know that it's such a big part of culture in the states and yet we kind of don't ever get that kind of filter through to music here really. Maybe I feel like you guys get it from hip hop. Because like church down here is comes from a very like historical culture, like a lot of pain, you know, the church, like the Black Southern Church. But you, but one of the outcomes of the Black Southern Church is hip hop, and I think that's been the most um, uh, what is that Ex- export biggest yeah. export for the church. So because um, yeah, I listen to a lot of like uh, like uh, UK uh, hip hop and uh, just some of the stuff in the EU, especially stuff from France, and you can hear that that um that soulfulness is translated but it's through a hip hop trans uh hip hop lens it's very cool especially what uh especially what the uh europe has done with uh you know modern day uh hip hop music it's really cool as well i like the fact that you've just mentioned that you do listen to some some british stuff have you got any kind of favorite artists that are kind of uh the ones that that regularly hit your spotify or apple music playlist um you know streets streets yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, I don't think you know so. Talk- Dan does. <laughs> he, he, I would probably say he's probably the one that I will pay attention to the most. Um, but so, like, like hip hop artist wise, um, I was like this guy um, uh, that I used to know. He played one of his songs. Oh, I can't remember the top of my head now. It's gonna, my mind went blank. 
like played one of his songs and we we're just listening to it like like easily 90 times just because like, you can hear a lot of the you know those hip-hop influences inside his inside his music which made it to me feel like it was like it had a gospel foundation even though i knew he wasn't getting that sound and that feeling from gospel he's getting from hip-hop but you can tell he studied hip-hop so much that he you know he started you know obviously um uh, grabbing a hold of those influences from uh church music so like streets and then of course like i'm i'm a big um i'm a big libertines fan um i love i love, I love pete Dockery. i know he's crazy and i, I just <laughs> i legitimately understand he's crazy but I love I love their commitment to 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 each other, and I, lo- I love I love the, what the music is brought out of it. You know, even through all the crazy stuff. Like, think about it: if your own if your if your partner like you know, because your best friend tries to break into your house and steal stuff stuff from you, and you still want to play music with them, that's a bond that will never be broken. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if you're still homies after that point, like, that's that's huge. <laughs> I know it sounds like a cliche, but we've kind of mentioned it before in the podcast that in a lot of areas like sport, etc., genius is often closely entwined with craziness. That 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 they 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 often straddle a fine line. Yeah, there's a somebody made a quote, and they said, "Thank God that we that we had sports to um, to have an outlet for someone like a Michael Jordan, because they said like for him, someone like like his mentality of wanting to win so bad, he should be he should be in war. Now imagine someone like him." And, and as a general who just wants to fight, all he wants to do is fight and win all the time. That it'd be catastrophic for the earth. So thank God for basketball. <laughs> it's almost good that they keep minds like that out. Yeah, it's, it's almost a distraction to keep people that are, could could be destructive in that way out of it. <laughs> Seriously, but you're totally right though. Like think think about something like a prince or prince or even like something like Whitney Houston. There's always like either you're crazy or you have like your own demons that follow you. you know, yeah, throughout your yeah. music. So, so who else in, in terms of, I mean, you said it was difficult in terms of some of the sounds you could listen to, but who, who else would you say is kind of like an influence to you now or, or someone that you would kind of look look towards in terms of past recording artists? Uh, so like a Prince, I love the way that he approached, approached um, music and the business uh, part of it. And then... Um, my my favorite bands in the whole world is named Mute Math, and the lead singer is Paul Meany. And Paul Meany, if you hear me, I want to do music with you. I reached out to his agent, but they're like they're like he's so busy, and I'm like, oh. but he ended up going on tour with Twenty One Pilots. So, anyways, he was he's one of my heroes, Paul Meany, uh, and band Mute Math. Uh, Maxwell is also a really big big uh, one, and then um, Eddie Kendricks from Temptations. His solo albums are absolutely beautiful. Um, so I've been studying a lot of those. Um, and then of course, just like listening to just random like like Afro psychedelic music lately. I've been really into, um, and then um, just like old school like 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 seventies funk, like obscure artists, mm-hmm. artists the artists that were like have five thousand you know plays, but from yeah. the nineteen seventies. You know what I mean? Find like the people that were they're studying because yeah, for sure. Like the people that are big, like um, those Marvin Gaye's or those like those um, my mind's gonna go blank right now. Like you know trying to think afro uh, funkadelic or yeah or parliament funkadelic sorry something like that like they're popular and they did really good um but there's also other artists who are not as big as them who have the same level of uh, attention to detail attention to their craft so it's good as you know to study outside of those uh, the side of the main brands if you will and regarding your videos so i was looking so i've, I've noticed that the theme is that there's a deliberate choice about having them all black and white yeah. Was that something you knew from the outset that that's what you wanted to do in terms of your visual style? Yeah, one of my favorite photographers is Nia Bozorghi. And um, I, I, he's a main photographer. You guys look him up. Um, he, um, someone asked him a question in the comments one time. He posted a photo and they're like, when do you, when do you post, um, when do you post color or when do you, when you shoot in color, when do you shoot in, in black and white? And he goes, only shoot in color when, it's, when you want to say something. And I thought that was really brilliant. Um, response so I take that exact same way so you know when something and I'm not saying I do black and white every single every single day has been I'll say like it's an it's um it's a rarity for me to shoot in in um in color but when I do it, it'll mean something P you'll you'll notice that it has some you know saying to it so I've um so yeah it's, it's been for sure deliberate to stay in the course because it's so easy I, I saw some photos I was posting like if I add a little, you know, add a little orange filter from Instagram and look just as cool. But um, if I want the picture to say something more, then um, you know, I'll use color. But 
of the white street black and white. And I love it. It makes things a lot easier too because I can just like put it in, post it, instead of trying to edit it. That's it. You know, it I takes like all of the stress away from any of your social medias. It, it does, but but to be to be consistent though is how it comes in. So like you know, like yeah, sure, I can do black and white now, but am I gonna do black and white like nine months from now? You know what I mean? If I really, if yeah. I'm really am set with my goal and, and with intention to do black and white, so. That, that would be the test. If you guys hear me and see, see me in like a year, if I'm still doing black and white, you guys found it. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> see, do you know what it is as well? In the way in which you talk about music, and even just then with the example with the music videos, it's lovely hearing from someone who genuinely cares about the craft and the way that they perceive music as a beautiful thing. Because I think that, especially with America, I don't know if my, uh, if Dan will agree with me because he's a slightly older generation <laughs> than I am, um, obviously. Um, but I feel like the music that we've seen kind of imported from the States at the minute went through a period where it was, I'm going to say that, that kind of mumble rap genre. And that's kind of all we saw for maybe a period of like eight or nine years. And all of a sudden, when I was scrolling through the music videos and I was listening to the music. It was amazing to hear something that was genuinely beautifully crafted oh. as opposed to something that was just kind of like put out like we'd been hearing from the States for probably what was eight or nine years. <laughs> <laughs> every every musician that was in the UK top charts had a name that began with Lil for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> that was so wild time, man. <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, you, go ahead. I'm sorry, Dan. No, 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 no. You go for it. You go for it. Oh, I was just gonna comment and go, yeah, it was really wild. I, like, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. There was a point in my in my career I did think I was like, well, we have to change my name real quick because you know you're trying to like, <laughs> you know. But of course, I was I drank too much that night. Luckily, I woke up and I was okay. You woke up and all of the uh, the pages were little short, Louis. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it, and it didn't sound right, so I skipped it. <laughs> no, on on the video theme, I, I was just gonna ask a question. So. The ideas for videos, how how do they come about? Do you kind of have that when you're writing a song? Do you finish a song and then try see what works, or or, or do they go hand in hand? Hmm. I'll say like the song "Bad Things." That was decided as I was writing the music. I wanted to write something that meant something. I wanted to I wanted to write a song that had a bigger theme behind it, um, and, and and definitely introduced the world to the my my symbol you know the rose the circle of the rose um and then um everything else was different so the song i don't know why was based off of like a a world i was dreaming up and i still wanted i still want to complete the story but it was um it's about um uh, how unlike uh, in the future um random random uh, spiritual occurrences start happening inside the desert so like in the song i don't know why um a, a siren um, was found inside the desert, and, and she was actually trying to bring people into this lake. And I was one of the people that she like she stole. So it, it really depends. Like it has, but it, you know, it's, it's all symbolized behind the the rose, which is like this um, the story of like of a, of a freedom, you know, that that um, I believe that we all we all need. Um, but as far as like the like the video theme, it it depends on the song. Honestly, in my depression, if my depression is high, then you'll get something like really crazy, you know. And then if it's low, then you'll get like future you and me, which is like on the on the room. Yeah, so I'm kidding about the depression part. But, um, but uh, you guys, you guys got so you guys like, oh my gosh, this guy's not well. I was I was about to laugh. Did we just touch on something super super serious? So me 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 and Dan are not prepared for this. <laughs> Well, no, I, I was I was looking at the video. Is it to all my love is yours? Where it was almost done like is it the end of a relationship through FaceTime and and a, and a mobile phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I found that quite an interesting take. You, you know, it's, 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 I've I've not kind of seen that in a in a video term. Um, that was like well, that was like tough because it was right during COVID. We had to shoot it, so though we had the time to shoot it obviously because nothing was going on it was difficult to like get like the wi-fi and the lighting right you know um and then there was some there was a couple scenes that we wanted to shoot in person but again because of covid like we couldn't shoot them um, um but yeah it's it really a special video i um someone else just tweeted recently they were like i love, I love that song my favorite song and video i was like oh i need to like keep promoting it but it's it's hard when you like like when someone hears Someone has heard uh, a song from my from me, 
I've heard, I've already heard that song already at least for a year already, right? I've been working on it, like yeah. So it makes it very difficult to keep promoting something that I've already heard for a year. I'm like, come on, guys, let's hear something new, you know? Um, which is why sometimes you get those like those artists that will like refuse to ever perform certain songs because they're like, yeah. like, I've played it 90 billion times. <laughs> but yeah, that's the song is very very beautiful. I, I want to do part two to it, um, and then definitely release it out. Okay, okay, something. I, I saw in, in, I think it was in another interview you've done, was about you, you your release. You have a kind of a, a, a specific way of releasing records. You release a few singles, then an EP, then some singles. And I think I saw a quote, and, and tell me if this is right or wrong, but I saw a quote attributed to you saying that people don't listen to full albums anymore. Hence why, you're, why you release the music the way you do. Yeah, and I want to admit, I amend that quote and say like people don't listen to full albums from ind from indie artists as often. So like like Kendrick Lamar is going to drop an album pretty soon, right? They talked about the day, I forgot the date, but like I know I'm going to listen to that album like front and back, right? I'm going to hear the singles, but listen to the full album because it's like I'm investing in this artist. I feel like with independent artists, I think it's it's easier just to release singles until you get to to a level that you're comfortable with in in order to release. EPs with EPs EPs and singles still have the same shelf life which is like very very dangerous so it's not dangerous but it's like you can run out of resources very very quick um because if you put a four four or five song EP out you gotta at least have visuals and content for all all four or five songs when you can just do a single and then you spread it out a little more while while uh, you know while prepping for the next single to come out shooting music videos and doing other stuff um, so that's my that'd be my only way to admit it. But I do 100% believe that people are listening to singles way more because people are play are listening to music through playlists. And most oh. playlists are not going to put your full album on. They're going to put the song they like, and that's it. Well, it's, it's something we've discussed, Lou, haven't we, on one of our episodes. Now, me being the older head, as he says, <laughs> as Lou always <laughs> likes to point out, um, I, I've actually really got back into listening to vinyl again. And one of the reason being is because you are almost forced into listening to an album in track order. And it's like you said, I found, I, I found myself, you're right. You know, we, we, you know, as, as, as a society, it is just a, a pick and mix really now of, of music, isn't it? And, and that's what technology has given us the, the beauty to do. Yeah. But sometimes I just feel like I want to listen to that intense story that's being put out by by an artist i think as well obviously being the younger generation <laughs> i i think this is going to be terrible as well because i think i'm probably going to give you the last time i listened to an album kind of cover to cover if you will <laughs> and that was probably cage the elephant and i'm pretty sure the album was called melophobia I think um, so, yeah. and i think that was the last time i bought a cd as an album when it went in my car and i just didn't skip through anything Whereas now it's true. I think that what you said with playlists, it's it's kind of song, a particular sound, and out and songs are pulled from particular albums to suit that one style of playlist. Whether it be you know you listen to drill in the UK or pop or hip hop, it's all something that's kind of tailor made for a particular sound, and you miss out on hidden gems really. Because even now that Melophobia album is one of my favourite songs. I, I put that album on and let it roll through even when I'm in the car still now. Um, so I feel like I need to be be putting myself in the mentality of buying a CD again or, or just letting albums roll through. It's hard, man. I mean, for me, I say, like, I'm, I feel like it's the only artist that I'm really invested into. Like, I love Mute Math. And Mute Math put out an album, like, today, I listen to it front to back nine times at least, even if I don't like it, just because I'm invested into the artist. Um, I'm guessing you're a big Casey Elephant fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's best artist, which is a, which is which is great for an uh, for musicians now because now you can find those people that that will be invested in into your your EP you know, a little bit harder because it's um I say a little bit harder because uh, those people are now few and far between because again myself and you we love these artists but to this day we'll probably not listen to you know the full album which is just the singles so you got you got it's harder to find those people once you find those people listen to full albums. Psh, we get it like a Tyler the Creator sold. Um, I think something like, don't quote me on this guy. Someone's going to write me and go, that was, that was an incorrect amount. Something like, I want to say like 200,000 vinyls. Now that ends up. But it, it, he sold he sold enough to where like he netted about, I think, $150,000 off it. 
which is like huge for an artist to sell that amount of vinyls. Number one, because the supply chain sucks right now. So, so, yeah. so like my question to him was like, how did you even get 200,000 vinyls when I can barely get, you know, 400, you know, you know, and I got to pay arm and leg, but also to have people that will buy it. So again, I think it's, um, people don't listen to singles, but people, if you are a big enough artist and you have heart, you have crazy hardcore fans, then I think, I believe your fans will listen to your album cover to cover. And, or maybe it's just more, sorry, I'm talking a lot, but maybe it is just more people who actually like certain, like certain types of music. So like, if you're, if you're a hip hop head, you listen to that new, uh, DMX record that just came out, right? Cause you're a hip hop head. Um, and maybe if you're just like, you just enjoy music as a whole, then you won't dive in. You'll do a single because those are what's hitting you and what's easier probably for you. Anyways, that's my theory. <laughs> but it's it's interesting now because I I know we're probably jumping all over the place because the thing is you'll say something and it'll trigger something <laughs> in, my, in, in my brain and I, and I want to... <laughs> ask it before we <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll come into this with a little bit of structure and then yeah structure <laughs> yeah, goes out the window we're like no, no five minutes <laughs> um it's something you were saying there about sort of like how do you even get all these finals made etc cetera, etc cetera. and with along with kind of like covid the pandemic how how has that kind of affected because the the reason i ask is because i saw um as 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 i mentioned i've got back into final final has become huge in the last sort of four to five years but the complaint I'm seeing is I know one of the the, the vinyl plants somewhere might even be in the states actually I think has been destroyed as well there, there was a fire so vinyl yeah. production is limited anyway but now a lot of the big record companies uh, are kind of hogging the vinyl production say like for example we've had a recent David Bowie release which was 18 vinyls and and they were com- commandeering the plants for that and you've got record store day recently which whilst i kind of love the idea they're printing even more and more records each year and Mm -hmm. the indie artists are struggling to get their music pressed onto onto vinyl because of things like that and especially during covid where they couldn't get out and tour i'm just wondering Mm -hmm. you know has did you did you get impacted by the pandemic? You know, I, I know we've got streaming and and you could put music on there, but did it did it affect how you had to go about your your ways? Yeah, for sure. From like streaming to even like sending stuff out to like my international like fans, like I I think I still haven't the notice that says like my vinyl and some packages that were arriving in Brazil still in the tarmac. You know, <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, uh, even so, like like going to like the start of the production, like just the just to find someone that was able to get it done, you know, is very hard. I think there's, there's, um, people have been adapting though. So like the last vinyl that I sent out wasn't a real, wasn't a real vinyl. It was like something else. I forgot what the type of thing it is, but it works on every vinyl player. So if I told you it wasn't a vinyl, you wouldn't even know, but it's the plastic and the way that this printed is different. Um, so those, there's been, um, adaptations you know through the to the situation but for sure if i if i wanted to do a thousand i think someone quoted me a thought a thousand vinyls would be something like 15 to 20 15 to 20 bucks per vinyl and it would still take six months and they couldn't guarantee wow. it wow yeah right because like you get some people someone like a david boy that will go i'll pay you 50 dollars a vinyl it's in the course the company's gonna go with them right especially with large quantities that much because david boy is going to sell that for 200 bucks and someone's going to buy it of course yeah but um yeah. Uh, yeah for me yeah just you have to be just, have to be just a little more savvy right just a little more um i don't know to say it jack of all trades or something i don't know or s- smooth and just and just and just like you know a wolf in a, a wolf in a sheep's den if you will to get or get stuff done for sure have to be adaptable i think yeah you yeah. have to learn to adapt quickly and how's it affected touring so because I, I i know you know i've seen that you play a lot of shows so i guess that that's also had to stop do, do, do you enjoy the sort of the getting up in front of of live audiences and, and the buzz of performing live yeah you know it's been kind of weird recently I've, um so um because obviously we took time off right so i've been i've been putting myself through the ringer and i've been essentially playing over 100 shows this year that's what's going to happen wow. um so um just get myself back into the groove of things. I do love it, but if you're being away from away from something you love for a long time, you may forget how much you love it, and you may forget how 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 well you did it because you loved it. If that makes sense. So, um, yeah. So I just been a bit in the ringer. Um, it definitely obviously impacted because I couldn't play any shows. Um, 
and um, I think like to, like booking is booking. And I, I said this to somebody, and they that and they were they were blown away. But like now, like bands and independent bands, and you have to like schedule out six months. It's what it seems like now. If you're if you're doing cold calling emails without relationship with like the venue or whatnot or your own booking, I think it's about, it's about six months out is when you have to book. When in the past it was like three months out because there wasn't a lot of music. COVID did two things. It made music accessible to people. It made it made everyone think they could do it. And I believe a lot of people can still do it or mm. can can do it, but it definitely made things like harder, obviously, right? Because like if everyone was trying to book a book a show and was touring, then um, there's the least you know, and, and a lot of venues closed because during COVID, then there's you got to fight for the scraps because obviously the big artists going to come in and take all the biggest you know get all the good dates, and then you're fighting for you know. A Tuesday at 3 p.m. Um, right. at a local bar. I'm kidding, guys, but it's something. It's, it's a very similar. Yeah. In in terms of live shows, have you got one or a particular moment or a particular memory from a live performance that you did that sticks in your mind? Just either that it was brilliant, or there was something that happened, or just what was your favorite live experience? Or even if you wanted to shout out where you did that live performance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your it was. Um, one? It was actually it was actually in Mexico. It was a little bit cold after it just. Um, it, we were the first, we were the first international, first non-Mexican band to play in the citywide festival. So it was like a big deal. We like headlined it, but after afterwards, and so we and we were all just so like, so like excited to like just have done this big show, right? It was like a struggle to get down to Mexico, and we did it. Got on stage and we killed it. It was great. Uh, we played in front of like three thousand people. And it was like dope. Wow. So, but on the way back, which is the reason why that story, why that show was so so great, because we ended up getting like pulled over and almost going to jail uh, <laughs> uh, through that the federal through the federal like the federalities, you know. I'll say I'm not going to say who because I think I told the story one time on a, like an interview and I mentioned the prince's name and I think you know, I think you liked it too much, but someone someone on my team had something illegal on 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 him. <laughs> That that rhymed with green, and um, and he decided to toss it out at the last minute, right right in front of the federales. So all of a sudden, imagine like, imagine like I'm I'm in the passenger seat, and I'm like we're talking about the show, right? Because we're like whoa, because uh, uh, some booking agents saw us there, and they're going to book you more, we're booking more festivals. And we're like whoa, let's do it. We're like we did it, all right, guys. You know, it's very very uplifting moment so we're driving back and we're just talking it's like myself and the, and the piano player in the back in the back in the in the person that was driving um and um we're dr- driving and then we pull up to the thing now we've he has something in, on him but he decides to that moment toss it out right like we're literally in front of like the federal it's like i mean they're probably less than 100 yards and he took like took like the thing and threw it out it out so immediately they like they federalities like point like they're like their m16s and that's what was the man that was getting out of the car right it was so well so then so then they like they made us like escort us obviously into the place and they're asking us like is this your is this yours is this yours and we're like no 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 and they're like like they were drilling us really hard they get the dogs out and they're like where'd you get this and like it's not ours and they're like Hi, well, you just tossed it out the car. The car. We just we just saw you, and we're like, no, right? And so, luckily, the the piano player spoke Spanish, so he was like translating for us, right? Yeah. And like, and these guys would every single chance they would get us to, they were trying to get us to like admit that it was ours, so that they'd go, you need to use the bathroom. I was like, yeah. So then I was like, I was like, they're oh, come with us. So like one guy would walk, and he goes, he goes, you're a musician, huh? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm like, yeah. He goes, musicians smoke weed, and I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Trying to get me into admit to something, you know? And they're just and like the, every single thing, like, like it's ridiculous. So, anyways, in the story short, like we were like for sure thought we were going to go to jail, right? Because obviously they saw us, <laughs> right? They saw us flick something else at the car that the car smelled like it, and um. And uh, because of the because of the guy and yeah, and he, they ended up like letting us go. Like and I and I was just like for sure. I was like, oh, I'm going to jail tonight. I'm like, hey, I got to play this really cool show. Guys. I was like, I, <laughs> I, I even I even, I even told the piano player. I was like, I was like, family. Like honestly, it's like we'll go to jail tonight. I'm like I know we'll get out, but like if we go to jail and obviously me- the jail Mexico's are not like you know club fed or like anything. You know it's gonna be rough. But I'm like, dude, I'm like I'm stoked. Like we played a really good show. But yeah, they ended up ended up letting us. Um, letting letting us out and that was like 
I was like, that was probably the show with the most. I was like, the you know, oh no, we're going to jail. But the show was so cool that it didn't, it didn't even matter. That, that's very memorable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, no, for sure, it's, it's, it stands out. That, that's the moment that you want the uh, police officer or guard that pulled you over to turn around and be like, oh, Sean Louis can I have a photograph. <laughs> well, the, well, the cool thing, cool thing that they like, they took some of like my merch stuff out of the thing. And they, like they took it. So hopefully, hopefully, I, I, I now have some fans in the federal, in the Mexican federal government. There you go. I, I was going to say that the one thing I've learned from TV shows and that is you don't want to be going to prison in Mexico either. No, <laughs> no, it is not. Like it is not. It is. It is not fun. And just, just, just a threat of them saying they're going to take us to jail made me go. I know it's not going to be fun. So, I love the fact that that was like performance show, but nearly went to prison in a foreign country. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and so now I know. Now I'm not gonna. You know, we're not gonna. No, no one's gonna. No one's gonna have something that rhymes with green on them. <laughs> but also, yeah. just how unfortunate timing for it to be thrown right there and then. Well, we told we told him we told him like like an hour or two before like hey you need to get rid of that he goes it goes I'm gonna take one more hit it'll be fine and I was like I was like and so you know what I mean again like we're so we're so stoked on the show that we said it in passing like hey you should get rid of that and and not and not like this is the main subject we're talking about you need to get rid of that you know it was more of like yeah we're passing but yeah was such a wild time but again great show good show so have you um have you toured over here in the uk no um i was supposed to go on a tour i guess i'm talking about this now i was supposed to go on a tour in august um out in europe but that got canceled because one of the artists he didn't feel comfortable touring because of uh russia thanks a lot russia okay um so um but i will be out there so there's there's still talks so i I may do a show uh in london it's it, it it's gonna it, I'll say I'm not doing a show in London, but then I'll announce if I am when I will. Uh, but if it, if if and when it does happen, it will happen in like in August. Of the, so you know, just three four months away. Okay, that's good. Uh, just putting out there, it's my birthday in August. I'm just, just oh, saying. Hey, so. hey, <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, you'll love you'll love it. I, I'm Michael Adia. My uh, I was watching a watching myself perform. I'm pretty I'm pretty good. So but all seriousness, please come. Um, yeah, no, no. If you if you're in the UK, yeah, I mean, Lou and I kept keep saying there are certain things we want to do for this podcast. Like there are things we discuss we want to go to. So yeah, I, I think a gig would be be great, wouldn't it, Lou? Yeah, Dan's sure. sorry, Dan's just lining you up because it's his birthday in August. He's like, yeah, we'll come to the show, but can you come and do it like a private show as well? Like, <laughs> oh my god, just friends and family show. <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be so funny. <laughs> Write us an intro and outro tune. I was going for Lou, but it's, uh... yeah, yeah. See, 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 see what I mean? Like. Yeah, can't this bloke anywhere <laughs> <laughs> well and you can chuck stuff out the window here i don't think it'll be as, as bad as it is in mexico either so you can tell, tell yeah. You yeah i feel like yeah i feel like british police officers are much less scary than mexican ones i imagine <laughs> like you know we've all seen narcos and <laughs> yeah i feel like mexican ones because you don't know like what side they're on because like yeah. you, you like you heard about um like their stories of how like this like the the state government will block roads for the federal government because the state government employee, state government employees are actually working for the cartel in that particular state. You know what I mean? Or yeah, like yeah. you go down to certain areas in the federal government, they're actually working for the cartel. So you don't know, like you're like, because you don't want to offer someone money. Because if you offer the one one person money, like a federal employee, psh, that that's they will just take you to jail. Because then they're like, you know, you're not, you're not, don't try to bribe me, you know. <laughs> um, but luckily, uh, that didn't happen, and we uh, got home safe. So. Super That's random tangent as well, because now you've just reminded me. Did you see the viral video? That, uh, sorry, the video that went viral recently of the two guys were they traveling through Mexico and they got stopped by a cartel? Oh yeah, you've seen oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, unbelievable! Yeah, yeah. I couldn't imagine how terrifying it must have been when all of a sudden a, a pickup truck full of guys with guns just rolls up next to you. Number one, you, you struggle to speak the language. I, I, I just think yeah, I think I would have had a heart attack there and then. <laughs> You'd be screwed. Uh, they they took like a deep like a like a obviously you have to go off roading in some of those some of those areas, but they went off on a different way, right? They went exploring a second. Is that how they got in trouble? They went exploring too much. Yeah, I think so because then I think that the one of them actually had family um, near at the time, but I think they were like off the beaten path, um, oh. and then that's how the video started, wasn't it? It was like, oh my god, they have guns. 
I yeah. just thought I, was, I would have been like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I, I just there would have been no containing it. <laughs> how, how did that video end? I think they ended up letting them go because in the in the video, you hear the um, cartel members use the word gringos because they realise they're like Americans. Um, so oh, these like, guys right, are yeah. harmless. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we don't we don't need to worry about these guys. It's right, they're fine. Um, and then they were like, don't worry, don't worry, my friend. Like in broken English, I was just like, no, I would have been terrified. Would have oh been no, terrified. yeah, because <laughs> you don't know, you don't know, you don't know if they're like, you don't know, you don't know if you've seen something that they don't want anybody to see. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. And they're like, they're like, yeah, I gotta kill you. Yeah. <laughs> There's a story out of Me- story out of Mexico where some, some these uh, this couple this family was driving again off off of the on the wrong road um, at night. You don't drive at night, you know, in Mexico. Drive wrong road, wrong road, and at night, Mexico. And they ended up um, getting a carjack. I think one they marched them all out to the into the desert, you know, and they didn't kill them. Yes, yeah, so they just marched them into the into the desert and they left them there, so they off off the road, just like for like two to three hours straight out with no water and just left them and, t- and they, uh, they had a truck they took their truck but uh, I still love Mexico and I'm going back there again in September so I'm stoked um, <laughs> again it's, it's, it's only it's only it's only if you go off the wrong times like like just like or wrong places like there's places in LA that I wouldn't go to you know what I mean because I'm like I don't need yeah. to be, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this be is over true. there yeah, yeah. and Mexico's the exact same way so Mexico is very very uh, peaceful to, to no matter what the news says everyone's so so loving and caring there it's awesome I can tell you now, though, those um, Mexican cars that stopped you are listening to this podcast. We're getting in the next time he turns up. They're like, I, I, I usually actually don't post them when I'm down there, you know, because <laughs> I, I do have stalkers. So. And, and to kind of plug the UK again, no, if you do come in, I mean, the UK does absolutely love live music. And, and I think I was saying to you a little bit earlier, you know, they've been starved of it for a couple of years. So, you know, I said to you, I went to... Um, it was a Liam Gallagher gig at the Royal Albert Hall. And, you know, the Royal Albert Hall, you know, you look at it and it's a nice venue steeped in history. I think it's 150 years old. I'm not sure. But it was packed. It, you know, there was a, some live acts who were amazing. I hadn't heard of them. They're indie, indie bands. But, you know, I'm going to get their albums because they were great. But the, oh, the minute, yeah, the minute Liam walks out and he started the first song, they, they had... um. They converted part of the the the, the hall into standing bits, uh, standing pits, a little bit like a mosh pit. Soon as the first song went off, pints were going everywhere. Yeah, and I was thinking, you know, this is oh a Royal Albert Hall. This isn't a, an outdoor festival. And I think it's because for two years they haven't had like proper live music as such, and 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 it was yeah, really just people letting their hair down. So. Um, going crazy yeah it it was absolutely i mean i really felt sorry for whoever had to clean up that hall after us because there there were just drinks everywhere but um but yeah lucky we were kind of standing on the outside seated in the outside bit so we we avoided we didn't need an umbrella that evening but but, um yeah no but sort of like you know even like the the little sort of intimate venues in london like the pubs where they they seat like or, or, or fit 100 people um there are a lot of bands at the moment actually sort of making a comeback from like the 90s who are who are doing like little warm-ups in these 100 people venues um mm-hmm. and yeah I said, like i said i think this country uh, just loves sort of live live music live acts you know very supportive oh man i, I can't wait to go out there yeah, well, well, like I say, we've got two tickets already sold here. So. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, man. Um, Although you can't get anything that rhymes with green in this country because none of that's uh, none of that's legal. <laughs> oh, when when there's a will, there's a way, but the, I, there, there, there is no will. I promise. I won't. I will not be doing. <laughs> but it's true. I think that as as well. I think that there's been a lot of artists. I mean, there's been a couple near us. Um, do you know James Bay? Um, I think that he got yeah. a start up in. Yeah, he got a start up literally in the town that I live. Um, yeah, yeah. In like on really? like the kind of pub stroke club circuit um, near me, and then his brother kind of went on the same circuit as well. Um, but yeah, oh. I think that it's 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 quite good. I mean, there's still live music to be fair in a lot of the pubs. Um, yeah, in the town that I live, yeah. um, either with someone on a guitar with vocals, it's, it kind of varies, kind of night to night depending on when you go out. But yeah, it's kind of a better vibe to me when you've got somebody live and performing music as opposed to just like a DJ in a booth or just some backing music on a CD. Or something. <laughs> it's, it's a bit yeah. of a different dynamic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, totally. Yeah, and- live music is so so such such a different energy to it. Um, definitely that I think brings people together for sure and 
and I think um, so. For example, this 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 gig I went to uh, a few weeks ago, the warm up acts I'd, I'd never heard of, and they're probably not ones I would have necessarily looked at. But I've come away from there, and especially when you hear them live, I think you can really appreciate an artist value more when when they're singing live you can kind of hear what goes into a performance and yeah I, I you know I just, I just think with things like this is the, the more the more chance that there's there is to put sort of these independent sort of bands out there I, I think the better mm-hmm. agree um and kind of on this now along this theme you know there's there's that line between Artists who have kind of, like Lewis said, they they they've grown up either playing in the circuit and 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 kind of struggling to get music heard, and then you've got on the flip side now you've got a lot of these reality shows, talent shows, um, and people that go get famous because they put a thirty second TikTok video out, makes them viral. Um, do you? It's, it's it's kind of what's what's the word in? Do do you think there's anything right or wrong about? either approach because I'm always one like saying you know I, I think if an, if, a, if an artist or a band have, have kind of risen up trying to play through the, the the club scene and then break it they've you know they've absolutely made it and they, they've earned that but then if someone struck it lucky on a tv show would an artist like who, who's who's gone through the club scene not necessarily look down on it but feel aggrieved at that um I think that because the internet and because reality TV shows, there's not different avenues for someone to reach their goals. So let's say someone's like, I want to play in front of 4,000 people every single night. They can do it through reality TV show. The contracts are a lot different. You know, we start going down to nitty gritty. Uh, but I don't think people should look down on it. Like, would I do it? No, because my goals are different. Um, and I choose not to use that avenue in order to get to my goals, right? Um, every single avenue has its down downfall let's say like someone like a reality tv show the contracts that you sign are going to be astronomically more in the favor of number one the producer who yeah. like you're the, the show that you're on and then, and then any kind of record deal you'll get like they'll they'll there's a term we use in the industry like 360 you so they'll like take money from your merch take money from joint appearances you know if you're going on and hang out down to the local auto shop and the local auto shop is paying you 200 bucks the record label will take part of that 200 bucks you know so um and then on the other side of like you know if you're doing like um like like a, a, a tiktok the, the the bad side of tiktok is that your art your your music may not translate into actual real fans they may just be followers yeah. right someone's going tiktok to watch you but there's been uh, multiple occasions where even people that have millions of spotify views will try to book a venue and of course, they'll book it because they got the Spotify stream, but not able to fill it or not even sell it out. You know, you get um, people talked about these these uh, these some of these big artists that will, you know, um, do or release ticket sales for their really big world tour, and then a week or two later, like do a public announcement saying they're not feeling good or do complications of the tour. Uh, I mean, I'm going to have to reschedule in reality it's because they didn't sell enough tickets and they don't want to say, "Hey guys, I'm actually only really popular on Twitter." <laughs> right um so um i think there's the app but i don't i legitimately don't think that people should look look down it because they all have their pluses if you get really big on tiktok like you can you might be able to actually sustain yourself more through brand deals because you, you have you have a stable following bad thing too is that tiktok like owns your content right so like mm. if tiktok if tiktok um you know goes under or the connection is bad or whatever um then you lose your your source of of, of uh of a revenue stream. So, in any case, yeah, I don't think. But, but as far as people in the industry, no one looks down on all that stuff because at the, end, in, at the end goal, at the end of the day, if you reach what you personally wanted to do, then like you made it. And and I guess talent will will win out, right? In the end, if if you've got the talent and the persever- perseverance and motivation, that should be the most important things, right? Yes, and how much money you have. You can have a really bad talent as long as you have the gas right. on at all times. Yeah. Um, you make it. Um, but for people that want to live like a leave, leave a legacy um, that talks that that talks to what you know their singability or their musical ability, then um, then then yeah, the talent will for sure you know will 
hopefully <laughs> i'm just kidding well we'll always always persevere it's true hard uh, talent hard work like michael jackson was what like yes yeah, sure he had money later but he was talented and he worked yeah. hard that's it that's that's the same uh prince too they talk about prince was a janitor in order to make you know uh get studio time and then all he did you know for years just stay in the studio that's mm-hmm. why prince has enough music that will that i think they said something like 200 years <laughs> like he has a ton of you know what i mean but like he, he like that was his game he goes this is my goal my goal is is to make enough music so that if i die music i will always be releasing music next year you will hear the new prince album and it'll be good i've, I've heard like the his new stuff that got uh, recently released it's amazing like he's like he's the he's the man he did it he figured it out yeah and it's, it's like i've recently bought a couple of the kind of like the deluxe box set final versions of, of Prince albums and yeah the amount of unheard content that's being released as well you just don't understand or, or, or you don't realize how prolific some of these artists have been until yep. the, the, this material sees the light of day and 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 it's the fact that it hasn't seen the light of day up till now makes you realize like you said just not not secretive but just how much they must have been doing and constantly retrying and retrying and and, and re- refining probably is a better word I do think, though, do you know when we talked about on the come up and you can't look down? I agree. We can't look down on anyone. But in Britain, (laughs) but but there's a big but in Britain, when you look at the likes of Britain's Got Talent and the X Factor in this country, we've had terrible acts. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of Honey G. Dan, do you remember her? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wagner. Honey G. (laughs) Wagner. Um, Frankie Kokoza. Sher Lloyd, who sung absolute bangers such as Swagger Jagger. Yeah, no, oh. I can't. Oh, we can't. We can't. I can't get on board with it. No, no, no. But I well, think they... well, get... <laughs> these are gimmicks. Yeah, so exactly. These are, these are, yeah. yeah, that's what it is. And I think that what it is, is I think that maybe from like the reality TV perspective, it's all set up to get kind of like a prepackaged 15 minutes of fame just for a quick buck in my mind. Because mm. I think yep. when you look at like the lasting talent that's come out of any kind of British tv shows i think leona lewis was she on one of them in the yeah. early days yeah she was um alexandra burke i think as well um, well if we if we pick one of the big ones susan boyle oh susan boyle yeah yeah, yeah i mean yeah, you know susan i mean <laughs> and and now it's the classic thing about appearances you know can be deceptive yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, ironically actually we just rewatched that um that audition on on youtube um, a little while ago and it's it's it is also funny about how the whole reality TV falls into two things. Yes, absolutely. Like you said, there's a lot of gimmicks, and I think that's probably what harms the reality side of things rather than it being from a reality beginning. But also, um, yeah, how we treat certain people. You, you know, it's like, do they look like a a rock star? Do they look like a music star? If they don't, are they are they overlooked? Right. Anyway, so, so I just realised we're about an hour in already. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Just, just cutting back to the whole Britain's Got Talent thing. That's what it was. The producers of Britain's Got Talent saw Susan Boyle, then heard the voice that came out of her, and thought, "What an angel!" And then opened their eyes and thought, "But how are we going to market her?" And they were like, "Because there's no way we can make." She's still around. I think she is. I think she yeah. just still. Yeah. Sit, yeah. I think she's still. It's a bit like um, there were the two opera singers. Do you remember? It was the man and the woman, and he came out with the really long hair. It was a large chap as well. Obviously, that was the whole thing behind why the voice coming out of him was apparently surprising. Um, but I think they still do like the opera circuit in the UK um, and that mm. sort of thing. So I think it depends. I think that what it is is you kind of only hear about them if they're still in the mainstream when they come off of these shows. And you don't really see the ones that go on to be successful in just a genre that you wouldn't do. So, I mean, for me, opera isn't necessarily something I would listen to um, as a regular occurrence. But I'm pretty sure that Paul Potts and and uh, and the two that came on um, that that I just um, mentioned are probably still in that circuit. Something I wanted to mention at the start, so, so I mentioned now, is I know you've also had some good things said in the press. So the... The Huffington Post have, have called you sort of an artist to look out for the kind of next big thing. Do, do you find pressure with that? I mean, obviously, it's a great thing to have written about yourself, but do you also mm. then find that that then also puts a bit of pressure on yourself, or do you try not to to think about that? Do you say do you welcome it and say right, we just got to keep doing what what I need to do? Yeah, I I think so, those kind of like compliments are like a get signpost to let me know I'm in the right direction, you know. Mm. Um, but I'll say I don't rely on those signposts because I know that the GPS 
that's inside me is telling me I'm in the right direction. If that makes any sense, yeah. Like those confidence are re, are reassuring. Um, there um pressure. It makes me it makes me want to practice more. I love rehearsing. Um, I know that sounds really weird, but I really do love rehearsing because I know that every time I rehearse, I get better. I think that's so. I think that's so cool. I don't know why I think that's so cool, <laughs> but um, uh, so it puts a little pressure on making sure I like I stay on my on my A game. Um, but um, again, I think I think those I think um, comments like that I think they're and they're good. But I think um, just keep using the GPS, you know, and not looking at those kind of those kind of words as a, a sign, even though the signs are good. But because uh, you, you can get you can get fat off of those compliments, and I've been there. Where you just like you know, what I mean, you go, oh yeah, I am the best. Like I'll never forget, like my, my, my first my first my first bands ever. We played a show. And we had so many record labels coming up to us afterwards, and on there, be I was like, yeah, I was like, because it, it took a lot of hard work to get there, right? Like yeah. I practiced every single day for eight hours a day with this band. Like we like really put it so to get that was great. But when the compliment stopped after the first first EP we put out, right? Like that's not good to have to rely on that, right? So we had to just go like, hey, no one's calling us. Like uh, 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 calling us about the next single that we just released, he goes, but we'll just keep working because we're not relying on them to grat to give us, um, you know, give us validation to what we know to be true that like we're good at what we do because we work really hard. So, and how did it feel when you put out your first single and you start seeing it kind of being featured in in on websites and and um, kind of seeing it being downloaded? How 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 did that feel? That was kind of weird because they started like like uh, drawing up random photos of like my ex and like putting us oh, in really? like grabbing old photos. Yeah, I've been like, this, if you Google like my name and the, and the song "Tell Me," there's like an article that came out that says Sean Louis writes a new song about X, and it was like from like my then current uh, partner. So she was like, "What?" <laughs> you know, she, and her her family was like, "What is this article?" I was like, "I was like, baby, he's like, I don't know. It's like it's taking off a life of his own. Like I don't know what to do." So, um, I think I think I think it's funny. Um, I forgot the question, but that story was was so 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 horrendous. What was, what was your what was your question? I'm sorry. No, just about how how you felt when you sort of started first seeing your material out there. You know, actually kind of being released, featured in in websites being discussed that you know it must be must be a good good but weird feeling right yeah um it, it feels it feels good I, I know i definitely do know it's all part of the process right like you release something you expect to hear some kind of feedback i'm glad that it was great feedback um so <laughs> and not like not like why is this kid doing music so um yeah it does it did it, it does feel good again it's like it's good to know that like you look up and you see the signs that signs um is um helping validate that you go in the right direction yeah I mean I'll, I'll be honest I didn't say this to Lou when I approached him about doing this podcast but I imagined that our listening figures when we did it would be three me him and his mum I thought that would be <laughs> <laughs> and then and then after the fourth episode not even my mum listened <laughs> oh my god but, <laughs> but it's, it's like I said, it's, it's funny seeing it out there and then obviously there's a really good community out there and 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 things happen and it's yeah it's just it's it's just something that's really like you know at first it was really weird and unusual but now it's just um it yeah it it, it feels good to know that something that sort of Lou and I are just trying to have a bit of fun putting together is actually kind of reaching people so so I think Lou I think you had something you wanted to put past uh, Sean didn't you then and then I thought before we go I want to ask you you know to talk about your latest single and then we'll, we'll actually play out with it but Lou if, if you want to hand over to you because I know you've got a specific thing to yeah. say. Yeah now I feel like I'm going to do this with every guest that we have on in a similar style but just related to kind of either the industry that they're in. We did this with Brendan from Unchefed and I asked him underrated overrated a line on a particular food that we see that's a stereotype from the states yeah. so i've got a couple of artists who were probably controversial for a couple of reasons or have been controversial previously in the news or had a come up come up that was controversial i want you to give me a quick line on what your opinion is on all of them okay let's do it <laughs> so we'll go one after the other okay first one kicking off with one of the lils lil pump um hmm <laughs> I feel like that might say that's, it all. That's, I, 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 I'll, I'll say over overrated, but overrated slightly because I don't see him doing anything right now. And like you know, if 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 you're if you he he could have just been a trend, right? And then like he's gone. So yeah, overrated. Yeah, 
I think it was the face tattoo trend um, that kind of did it. And then I think he's in a lot of debt now as well. Because um, <laughs> I don't think he's spending out in a while. He's um, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Un- underrated. Yeah, you know what? I'm She's being got serious. A great voice. Yeah, She's got a great I voice. think she has as well. And also, can I just say, if Party in the USA comes on in a club, 100 <laughs> percent that's the song that's getting me on the dance floor. Everybody's two going. songs that do it. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's Party in the USA or Shakira's hips don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Next one, six nine. Overrated. <laughs> oh yeah, I agree. I agree. And then like issues outside of music as well. Um, <laughs> this one, um, bad baby. Underrated. Uh, what was the song that she put out? Was it Gucci Flip Flop? Wait, Bad Baby or Bad Bunny? Yeah, no, Bad Baby. Sorry, oh, sorry, I, I Bad Baby. The that one is. that came from. I don't know who that is. Oh, came from like TikTok. I think if you googled her, you probably know. Okay. And then finally, Kanye West. Underrated. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, because because <laughs> people don't realize that like Drake took. Kanye West's 808s and Heartbreak and created a whole genre and, and, and then people started following Drake and Drake created a whole genre but Kanye West is the creator of that genre like he's what he's done and then like he did like um, My Twisted Dark Fantasy or no no, no Life is Pablo like um, Jaden Jaden Smith right copied that same formula and created his own community you know um, so like yeah Kanye West is he's he's, he's He's the man. I think. I. I think when he after he dies, um, then I think we, we, us as a as a culture, as a, as like as humans, will recognize that yes, though he like though he was um, crazy, like like you, you can't you can't have crazy without you can't have artistic without the crazy, um, and I think that we'll realize on some stuff that he was totally right. You know, we'll be like, oh my gosh, you're right, Kanye. I'm sorry, but he'll get his flowers afterwards for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think I had this discussion with people at work talking about Kanye West, and I said, if even if you just look at his biggest songs, he's responsible some of, for some of the yeah. greatest tracks of the last like fifteen years, even longer. It's absolutely mental when you actually look at the music that he's put out. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, I think Kanye West is a good um, character to finish on because you've hearkened straight back to the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost like we came full circle. With you can't be artistic without the crazy. It's true. It's true, man. <laughs> So, so before we do sort of wrap up, and we will play out with with the song, but do you want to tell us a little bit about your latest release? Yeah, it's um, called Right Back Again, and it's um, from is you know as I mentioned earlier that people don't listen to EPs anymore, so I'm releasing um, every single song as a single, uh, and they're all great songs. So the first one is up first is called Right Back Again, um, and uh, it's from the Cara EP. Um, so uh, I talked about in my in other albums excuse me, about how um, I had like a really bad like pinched nerve, which made left me almost immobile through the most of, at least beginning of COVID. Um, and so each each album or each EP is about um, what was going on, going on in different parts of my body. And so for the Cara EP, it's going to be talking about what's going on inside like my, my body um, and just the pain and the back and forth of the feeling better and not feeling better and having to still deal with this, um, you know, just, um, just things. Um, so... Uh, break of a chorus and, and just uh, other, other other heartache so um yeah so this is the first first song off the of ep it's really good brilliant now and we'll we'll link to it and like i said we'll, we'll we'll play it out so before lou before i hand over to you to, to wrap up um sean louis actually is there any anything or anyone you want to shout out before before we wrap up uh to my partner jenna hey jenna uh and uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh my mom is getting um but also yeah i'm excited to see people if you guys if people um just dm me on instagram or write me um it will usually always be me that will respond back so i'm super friendly i would love to meet everybody (laughs) Uh, and uh yeah let's do it cool and well my last thing will be just thank you again for coming on the show now it's been brilliant um hour so so thank you so thank you for having me Oh, do you want to plug your socials as well? Oh, yes, yes. Um, so Sean Louis, S-E-A-N-L-O-U-I. If you type that into any kind of social media, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, um, all stuff is comes up as me. So yeah, feel free to add me and uh, I'll add you guys back. Do you know what as well? Do you know why we've been doing this podcast? I actually said this to Dan just prior to getting on to this session. Your voice is just as soothing as music itself. <laughs> it really is nice and mellow. <laughs> oh, my, it's amazing. My voice? My, my voice, <laughs> yeah. talking voice? Just talking voice. That's so funny. I said to Dad, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. 
It just sounds like someone that you could shoot the breeze with. You be, we've been friends for like five years. That's that's how it cuts out. Uh, hell yeah, hell yeah, I'm down. I like that. <laughs> this has been a very very special episode of Casting Views. I'm hoping that I can get this bit right, Dan. What do you think? <laughs> Well, now you've said that, you're not yeah. on, so you go, go. Uh, We know there's many podcasts from which you can choose, and we thank you for listening to Casting Views. You said you knew.